and welcome to the Dave Team Dev Podcast. My name's Sean, and joining me as always is the one and only Dave Boffman, Mr. Boffman, man. How are we? I'm good, Sean. I'm devastated that Devin Booker didn't get 50. But yeah, well, usually, usually your Phoenix Suns sort of chase for it a little bit, don't you? You always sort of just muddy up the game, regardless of the score, to try and chase individual accolades. So that's pretty. That's <laughs> actually a pretty rude thing to say about the team and the player that has the only active 70 point, uh, 70 point game, uh, which is sixth all time in NBA history. So. And, and on Kobe Day. And, and on Kobe Day. And yeah, is it is it actually there? I mean, I saw him all over Twitter, but I don't know if it was. Boy, is. But yeah, it could be. I remember. I remember. I remember the day that Kobe died very well because Kobe died. But also, I played in a charity netball tournament uh, with mm. with my my former netball team, the Pink Pirates. <laughs> Shout out to everyone of twenty sixth of January, which is change what? the date of Kobe Bryant's <laughs> death. <day. laughs> but how does it, how does the date transfer work? That means that it is. It is today. It is today, uh, 27th. It is yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, well, I'm, I'm wearing... rest in peace to a real one, but also rest in peace to the Pink Pirates uh, <laughs> social netball charity, uh, bushfire charity match. Because yeah. we absolutely just cleaned up. Yeah, really? Like, yeah, pretty dominant performance. Nice, man. Yeah. Was it like, were you playing against teams that you were used to? You had the scout on them or was it just... No, nah, we played in, we played it was somewhere Bayside. It was like in some suburb I've never even heard of. Neither. And it was like a 50 minute drive. The Bay, um, they call it. Yeah. So we were playing, you know, we were kind of like the Northern interlopers into like the South side netball ecosystem. Yeah. And uh, obviously Northern superior, superiority over the South side. Uh, we just romped them. Yeah. We just absolutely romped them. Um, you know, sitting all out there, sitting out there all day in the blistering sun in between games, mm. didn't dampen our our stamina or enthusiasm, and gave me plenty of time to reflect on Kobe's passing. <laughs> Holy shit! Um, and then obviously the doctor arrived, the Fremantle doctor, and cooled everything down. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that was that. This was here. This was here. Oh, I wasn't. Really? I wasn't in oh. WA yet. Oh, doctor, no. nowhere yeah, to be seen. Yeah. Could use yeah. a doctor right about now. The last. Four or five They're days could have used a doctor. Yeah. Get, yeah. Where's the locum when you need him? Uh-huh. The locum? It's like a doctor that comes and visits you at your house. Uh-huh. Like a traveling doctor. Yeah, anyway. like Doc Martin. Yeah, pretty and much. If you, knew, if you knew what a locum was, that joke would have absolutely slapped. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It's um, you, not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, no better segue than that to talk about the NBA trade deadline. And now, obviously, there's been heaps of news coming out, and you know, you and I could sit here and we can waffle on about the future of James Harden. Waffle, but nothing for for the reports like James Harden, where nothing is actually going to happen until the off season, and and maybe it just means that they're not going to trade Ben Simmons and so on, and John Wall and a first doesn't get you Russell Westbrook in in this economy and. And all that, but um, no, there's nothing too substantial out there and too new. So we've decided to create our own trades, which is a, you know, a classic for the NBA podcast community, just to make up your own trades when there's nothing there to talk about. So Dante and I have brought three trades each. We fully know what each other's trades are, um, so that we're not going to get on the spot sort of takes. We're going to be actually have a look at it and try and see like who wins this, who would say no, and, and so on and so forth. So we'll run through three trades each, six trades in total. And I know uh, our friends over at the JVG NBA Tribute Show love non-regular numbers in the listicles. So this isn't five, ten, or three. This is six. And uh, is there anything else to add? Have I, have I topped off everything? I feel like six is a pretty regular number. Oh, if we really? wanted to be, oh, no. if we wanted to be a bit like whoa, it'd be like seven. I feel like six kind of with two people, like it's divisible by two pretty mm. easily. Like yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. You can't. You can't actually do that. Um, 
because like six is afraid of seven. Yeah. <laughs> what about seven, eight, nine? Yeah, that's that's the incident. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a car crash. All right, well, yeah. you should you should kick us off with with your first trade. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this is a trade that sends Gary Harris to Cleveland. Um, so Gary Harris will trade it from the Orlando Magic for the expiring salary of Ricky Rubio and a 2022 second round pick uh, coming from Houston. I think that might have been in the Kevin Porter Jr. deal or was that a top 55 protector? Was that... I, I probably shouldn't have muddied that up. But the deal is the Cavs get a shooting guard, someone who can help them immediately, help slot right in where Colin Sexton isn't, uh, play next to Darius Garland, just add a little bit more spacing because Gary Harris is actually like figured out how to shoot again he's he's remembered how to stay healthy remembered how to shoot probably not worth 20 million dollars a year but that was also a sort of the thing when he signed that deal in denver so um i i really like this deal because obviously the Cavs they they have a window now they they beat the bucks today which is actually pretty big because now the rest of their schedule is i think i'm 99 percent sure here that they have the easiest schedule moving forwards now obviously i know kevin durant for a couple of weeks no Ben Simmons for the rest of the season, probably. The East is wide open. So this this is this is the Cavs' time to strike. In saying that, I don't think that the Cavs should give up a future first-round pick this season to improve this season because they still are very young and like their whole core is young. So I don't, I don't want to say, like, oh, okay, they've made it. Put in, push your chips in, win a title because they're not going to win a title this season. So I really like trying to get the best available thing for a second-round pick and that expiring contract. And and I think Gary Harris is that. What do you think about this deal? I like it. My only qualm with it is that Gary Harris, I believe, is expiring mm. this, this off-season, mm. which means he's potentially not coming back, depending on how things go. Is... Is it worth like using, you know, for, to whatever extent this is like ammo, like this is the move that you're going to make to like shore up your your run for this season. Like, could you look to bring in a player who's got longer left on a deal that could be like an actual part of your team moving forward without putting a first round, you know, someone of like a Gary Harris level mm. that you could get with this deal that maybe has like another, another two years on their deal instead of being like a three month rental potentially. Mm. But I think like, cause Ricky Rubio is expiring at the end of the year as well. So he's potentially a three month rental. He's just not going to play for the rest of the season. Yeah. Right? Well, he's just, he's just wiping off the salary sheet and, for whoever. And you also sort of do want the cap space at the end of the year. Cause you don't know what they're going to do with Colin Sexton. Like, do they want to be a cap space team who re-signs Colin Sexton and then makes another play and, gets Larry marketed again, right? Or do they want to trade for a guy who has a couple more years left on their deal? Then you're like, okay, re-signing Colin Sexton puts, puts us into the tax and let's be try and dump Kevin Love somewhere. So it just keeps the flexibility because like like I said before, you don't want to invest too much into this season. And I do, it's, it is it is a sideways move, but the sideways move is this guy's much more healthier than the guy with a torn ACL right now. So, yeah, and it means that you might be getting from... Having someone like Gary Harris who can actually shoot and maybe dribble mm. or at least be two-guard size and stand on the court mm. means that instead of being a first round out, you might get into the second round, the experience of which will be really valuable for all of their young players. Mm. Um, so if that's the cost, essentially just like wiping Ricky Rubio's salary off the sheet and like a, a Houston second round pick, which would be a pretty good pick. That's mm. going to be like, you know, between 30 and 35. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, if that's the cost, I think that that's, that that's fine. Especially because this team is like, I mean, no one's really taking them seriously as like an Eastern Conference finals contender just because there's so many good teams that are not really kind of like 
um, differentiating themselves. But mm. you'd be looking at like the Bucks, the Nets, the Heat, the Bulls, all as like teams that would make the ACF over over the Cavs. But they've got a better record than the Bucks. They're the three seed right now. They've beat everyone basically. Mm. Um, you know, maybe there's what? Maybe there's a ten percent chance that they make the ACF. And if if adding Gary Harris makes it a fifteen percent chance, then like that's pretty. That's that's mm. a not nothing. Um, well, yeah, that like you know five percent is just like a, a stupid number. But to give up just a second round pick to be that because they probably would be that much better. And and not even worrying about getting to the conference finals, just being able to get home court advantage in the playoffs. Like that would be amazing to just to have this young team get a top four seed. I think that's what you sort of got to focus on them rather than winning a series because they are so young. Yeah, but I mean, if you get the top four seed, you still want to. You still, you still want to win the series with home. Yeah, yeah, you still want to get yeah. at least to the second well, round. Well, a four-five between pretty much any of these good East teams right now with Cleveland would be yeah. pretty good. But um, if you but if you get if you get I mean if they stay if they stick where they are, um, you know there there might be the chance that if you're like the third, maybe if you're the third seed, definitely if you're the second seed, that you'd be playing like a mm. much weaker team. Like there's a group of six. Yeah, like Indiana or something. Indiana? No. No. <laughs> well, that's what you said at the start of the year. Um, yeah. From, I said a lot of things about Indiana at the start of the year that from, I regret all of them. From Orlando's point of view, you've got a guy in Gary Harris that you got given in the Aaron Gordon trade as salary matching, but also you had, you got paid. I'm saying paid because they got two assets there. Um, they got paid not only to give up Aaron Gordon, but to take on the contract of Gary Harris. So if you're going to take on a dude like an OKC type, like you've taken on a guy you've got the asset in the process if you can flip him for a good second round pick like that's a great piece of business um and look ricky rubio whether you just want to say to him hey we're not going to re-sign you at the end of the year we do have your bird rights but like obviously we're Orlando, we're not trying to win or just say like he is a capable point guard who if we can re-sign to market value can be just you know a veteran they've got no they've got no need for a point guard because they've got (laughs) Cole Anthony Markel Fultz and Jalen Suggs so they've got there's there's no way that he would come back because he he was genuinely really good this year so he's not going to get 18 18 million but like he would get 12 easy Mm, on the the open market I don't think so I reckon he will do you want a better picnic on it yeah I think he'll get under 10 mil why don't we bet some pico organic mint chocolate on it sure um, I think he went under 10 million because the ACL is going to scare so many people away. And what is he, like 33? Yeah, but how good was he? Yeah. He was He was. He was. <laughs> how sicker. good are most people after a torn ACL? Heaps of people come back after like, a torn like ACL. Like the year later. Well, you get him for the second half of the second half of next season and you, and you get him for one more year. I'd be, I, w- I wouldn't, if I needed a good backup point guard, I wouldn't hesitate putting 10-12 down on, on yeah. Ricky Rubio. I think because he, he was probably the best backup point guard in the league this year. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I, I agree. Which I is just, value. I just, don't, I just don't like the track record of wrong side of 30 to an ACL. But we'll wait and see. Well, fair enough. Me. History will probably <laughs> prove you right. <laughs> over, the course of, over the course of, if that's your logic, you'll probably be right more than you are wrong. Um, all right, let's move on to Should- your... Should we? Because I've got a Cavs trade as well. Should we just do the Cavs right. trade together? Sure. I feel like that. I feel like that makes makes more sense than coming back to it. <laughs> so my Cavs trade, which also involves Ricky Rubio, uh, unlike yours, does involve getting rid of Colin Sexton. I can't believe I said those words. <laughs> it's so emotional for me. But I've got the Cavs trading with the Spurs, and so they bring in Derek White and Lonnie Walker, the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> in exchange for Rick Rubio, that Houston second, and Colin Sexton. Um, 
So rather than bring in someone who's like a kind of like a, a spot up stopgap like Gary Harris, mm. um, they bring in Derek White, who's just in in my conception of this trade, just like a rock solid starting two who can play yeah. lead so, guard, he can play so off guard. Better Gary Harris, really. Yeah, better better Gary Harris. He signed he signed on a four year sixty million dollar deal so you've got like he's locked that takes away some of your financial flexibility um but you don't have to worry as much about that when you're sending rick rubio out and you're also sending colin sexton yeah Um, and and they're not going to be a cap space team yeah exactly uh and lonnie walker is just a throw in like whatever maybe Mm. he brings you some ball handling and shooting maybe he doesn't and for the spurs you just kind of say yeah pop's probably leaving we're pretty shit let's just get rid of because Derek white's sneaky old he's like almost 28 (laughs) Um, let's get rid of, um, get rid of this guy, clear some cat space. Cause again, you can just wipe Rick Rubio's number off the books for next season. And then you get to re-sign Colin Sexton, which mm. is probably going to be, you know, you don't want to be too speculative, but I reckon you'd be optimistic that you could get him at like less than 20 million. Mm. Um, oh, definitely, definitely. Like probably in the 15 ballpark. So, and yeah. Sexton's a better player than White, uh, mm. at least in my eyes anyway. So. And a, a bit of intrigue. Yeah, yeah a bit of intrigue. He's, like, he's obviously got like the the blue chip prospects glow around him. Got, yeah, I feel like in all of the in all, in a lot of the Sexton discussion, like the fact that he was like 20, 21, 22 and he was putting up twenty five points mm. and shooting like effectively like 40, mm. 40, 50, 40 like eighty five, um, while like carrying the offensive load for a, you know a team that had no one else. Like that's really impressive. Obviously, he's got his warts <laughs> everywhere else, but. Yeah, the intrigue is there that if you could just get him, sign him to a reasonable number, then he's kind of like on your team. And he might be the kind of player that you want during a rebuild anyway because he can... Maybe you'll lose more games. Well, he can ang- he can kind of like anchor the offense in a way that maybe you need. Well but also, he's the sort of player who, if he plays reasonably well, a championship contending team might come calling and try and drop mm. like one or two firsts on him if he plays well, like, you know, two seasons down the line, like like Utah did with Jordan Clarkson or name any team that's ever made a trade for like a scoring guard. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? Golden State Warriors, Jordan Crawford, 2014. Damn, you fucking, you fucking got it. I was thinking like J.R. Smith, Cavs. Yeah, that's, only yeah, half, that's only half in jest. But that's the, that's the kind of player that like, a lot of playoff teams come looking for at the trade deadline. It's like, how can we get like a like yeah. a guard scorer, wing scorer, mm. um, and he fits he fits that bill really well. So he's a future asset. Lock him up. What do you think about this? I I like it. I like the Derek White, Sexton, the Ricky Rubio second round pick part of it. But I think what uh, what are the Cavs going to do with Lonnie Walker the fourth? Because right oh, he's now, just like, in there for numbers. He's he's in there for numbers. Is there a way you can like? Because the because the Spurs have that first round pick in twenty twenty five from the Bulls in the Demar Derozan signing trade, yeah, and obviously like the Spurs might be tanking and after Pop retires, I might want to keep their own picks to obviously get you know number one pick right. So if they can move, if there's a way to like somehow just make Lonnie Walker not him and just like matching salary and chuck in that Bulls pick, there's not really because the only other salaries to match that are in that range is. Devin Vassell and Josh Primo yeah. and the Spurs I don't think would include either of them in this deal like no, like Walker's no, definitely no Drew worse. Eubanks here or? <laughs> no, no, it's got to be very, I tried a few different permutations the next mm. the next salary up is like 3 million extra I think which is Thad Young mm. uh, which takes Cleveland over yeah. so um, I, I would just yeah like does enough. it work Does do, are you more enticed if you just take out the second round pick do you think yeah. that balances I, it more? I think 
Because, yeah, Lonnie Walker is like, whatever. Like, they're probably not going to re-sign him. And if they do, it will be at a minimum. It's mm-hmm. like, he's, he's just in there to make the trade work. But, like, if you're, I think, I mean, take Colin Sexton out of it. You know what I mean? Like, I think, other, or, or chuck the Bulls pick on top of this. And then you're trading for the guy in Colin Sexton. Because everything you've said about Colin Sexton is all the more reason for the Cavs just to make a Gary Harris type trade and then just re-sign Sexton. Yes, but the what Sexton's role on this team, yeah, and and more to the point, is he accepting that role on yeah. this team? Is he is he sitting out this entire season, watching them go sky high without him, and then mm. coming back in and saying, "Yep, yeah, you're right. I'm going to be the sixth man. Like I'm going to take it. Like I'm 23. Yeah. This is my chance to get paid. Like not a chance. Yeah. So." That's a complicating factor, but I also just think Derek White is a better fit. Derek White's exactly what this need this team needs as a secondary ball handler who can shoot, he can defend, he can feasibly, you know, give you like someone who can actually handle the ball when Garland's not on the on the floor. Mm-hmm. And not that this is a high you know a high bar to pass, but he is a better facilitator than Sexton. But he has gotten better every year. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I, I just I'll just sort of want a little bit more, but I, I just don't know what Sexton's value is around the league. Like, even before he tore his meniscus, yeah. what's, what's his value? I mean, you might be, this might be undervaluing him, but mm. I guess they're undervaluing him knowing that they're not going to re-sign him anyway, so they may mm. as well just, if you can get 85 cents on the dollar, you just do it, because mm. the, you know, what's the alternative? Is that you sign to a... Well, you can just trade the 19th pick for Cam Reddish. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I mean, like, everything we have seen is that, and everything being the Bryn Forbes trade, which doesn't matter, and Cam Reddish, is that everything, one thing, has been undervalued so far. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's a sign of things to come. Maybe that's the tiniest of sample sizes. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> um, just before we move on, mm. question for you. Mm. When the fuck did Boogie Cousins get on the, on the Nuggets? <laughs> like, honestly, two weeks ago, and it just took forever um, to open up the roster spot for him. Um, did you like it? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, they've, they've got a hole at backup five, and I thought Zeke Nagy was going to fill that hole, but he's clearly proven that he is like a four and situational five, mm. and he's making like heaps of shots off the dribble and like fading away. What, Boogie is? is? No, Zeke, no, Nagy. Zeke Nagy. Yeah. Like, think of him like a six foot ten, like shooting guard. Yeah. Um, so it's actually nice having Boogie in there, and he's like, he's just done Boogie things so far. Like he got, well, he, got ejected. He, he got ejected yeah. today. He got like, you know, some flagrant against yeah. Detroit, I think, or just like, just hard fouls and I was just, stuff. I was watching the my housemate was watching the Nets Nuggets today, mm. and I was doing some work and just looking for something to procrastinate with. So I came in and just, you know, it was like five minutes after. I just sit down and watch the end of the the end of the third or something. Mm. See Boogie posting up on the block, and I was like, what? The- fuck is going on like when did this happen yeah um hasn't changed a bit man like he'll still he'll still be posting up get an offensive call and then take massive strides while shaking his head with his eyes shut (laughs) it's like he looks just like he's in a sacramento jersey it's all lovely well you know what they say you can take the man out of sacramento but just look at mike malone mate something 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 um mike malone and boogie like have been like texting and staying in touch ever since sacramento they're good friends yeah honest to god friends how like Hey, Sacramento, why'd you fire him? And well, <laughs> that's was... that's a potential like uh, sliding doors moment. Mm. Firing him, like a door, a door to the the garbage bin. Well, why, that why was the most the that that team was the most 
promising Sacramento team of the decade, that like mm. 2011, 12 Kings team. Mm. Even more so than, yeah, you got Fox. or Walton, yeah. I think. Because there was. Because Boogie was a top five player. Top five player? Sorry, like top five, top three center. No, nah, he was a top one center for a couple of years there. Yeah, sure. I mean, there were no centers. It, yeah, was, like, was, it was like DeAndre Jordan and Marcus. Yeah, Sol. no, it was it was it was the post Dwight peak mm. pre Jokic Embiid kind of three yeah, or four pre years. Unicorn. Yeah, it was it was, it was pre yeah it was pre unicorn, and yeah there were you know like a lot of great centers that were warty in some regards mm. like a DJ like a Joakim Noah. Defensive player of the year, joking not. Uh, yeah, or Gasol. But he was hands down the he was hands down the best out of all of them. He was like 24, 11, and 5 at yeah, his peak. Yeah. Like, you know, and would, would go for 50. And then New Orleans were like, yeah, let's put him next to Anthony Davis. Well, allegedly that was before we knew that. Putting, two, <laughs> putting two, like, yeah. interior big men next to each other was a bad idea. And now here we are with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Yeah, and then just... <laughs> They're playing right. Evan Mobley's so skinny. He's so good. He's really good, but I'm, I'm just like I'm, he kind of looks like he's playing. He looks like he's from like the the under 18s, and he's like playing with the under 20s. Mm, he's kind mm. of been called up. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm loving the Kevin uh, Kevin Garnett comps as well. They're always nice to see. Yeah, we love that. But it just doesn't seem like a rude bloke. <laughs> Seems like a nice guy. A rude bloke. Yeah. I, I bet he's not as good of an actor as KG. Sure. Yeah. That. Yeah. Heartstrings on Blood Diamond, but with uh, Adam Sandler. Yeah. So explain your next trade. Uh, speaking of senses. Explain. Mitchell Robertson. You've put me on. You put me on the back foot. Like I have. Like I have something to explain. Like now explain. I'd explain I this. I mean, it's, yeah. It's not, it's not that bad. Bad. Yeah. Oh. Go so on. It's an outside the box idea. <laughs> um. The depth, the the deep, the ugh, the deep two. God, that's a mouthful. Anyways, I'm Marco, co-host of the. Hey, Daniel Gafford, what's the name of our podcast? The JVG NBA Tribute Show. Wow, I can't believe it's that easy. Thanks, Gaff. You probably know us as two members of the Four Man Weave plus Marco, but we know you as our next listener. Well said, Lucas. I got to ask, how do we differ from the pack of basketball podcasts? It's a great question, Marco. You see, on our basketball podcast, we have two male co-hosts. Wow, truly groundbreaking. After this episode, stay on your favourite podcasting app and give us a spin. Anyway, thanks for just completely trashing it before I even say it. So the trade is between the Knicks and the Hornets. The Knicks are giving up Mitchell Robinson and the Hornets are giving up JT Thor, which is just salary filler and a 2022 second (laughs) second round pick. The reasoning here is that everyone in the league knows that Charlotte needs a center and wants a center, but giving up real assets for someone like Rashawn Holmes or other, um, like a Clint Capella, like that, those guys Miles are going to- Miles Turner. Those guys are going to take something really substantial. Like that's probably going to be the, like that's the move that this team's going to make for the next like two years. Mm. If they bring in like a, a really rock solid starting center. Um, and so this is, uh, essentially just a really cheap way of taking a flyer on someone who at one point showed that he could be one of the most promising young bigs in the league. Mm. Um, the Knicks aren't, the Knicks aren't going to re-sign Robinson. He's up at the end of the year. Um, so for Charlotte, if, if he plays well, 
um, you can hopefully re-sign him for something around or less than the MLE, which is about nine million, which mm-hmm. you know is fine, and it means that you can a best case scenario, you a save the assets that you'd have to spend on someone else, mm-hmm. get between seventy-five and eighty percent of the production that you get from Mitchell Robinson and lock him up on a good contract. Mm. And for the Knicks, you just get something for him before he walks because he's going to walk because um, he is the odd man out in their mm. big rotation and things have not quite worked out for him after his first year and a half in the league. Things look so promising for Mitchell Robinson at he the start. Literally, he literally had like a... Like a like I think maybe in his rookie season he set like the NBA record for block percentage or something. Like, yeah, yeah, it's NBA record for field goal percentage. Yeah, well, like he had he some. Beat, he beat Will Chamberlain. He had some. He had some crazy block percentage as well. Mm. Um, but he also like yeah. I was just looking it up now because he fails the fuck out of. Yeah, ball. he's definitely not walking <laughs> in as like a. This is your defense. Yeah, you 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 kind of like okay. Can we hope that with the rest of this season, different environment, different coaching, we can get him to settle down a little bit. Mm. Um, because in theory he could be your defense and he's the exact sort of like athletic running big that would Mm. be perfect with this team on the fast break because someone like a Miles Turner um, even a Clint Capella to some extent like they're definitely lob threats but they're not like transition yeah they're not running the floor Um, Mitchell Robinson would be offensively like as a lob threat this team would be perfect yeah so if you can unlock that theoretical um, that theoretical defensive presence mm-hmm. um, could be an option and if, yeah. if it doesn't work out you've given up effectively nothing yeah. and you've still got rounder from Toronto yeah you've still got your ammo that, that you can explore the trade market with mm-hmm. uh, I like that uh, Mason Plumlee would still be there like obviously Mason Plumlee is a bit of a laugh but you know he is a replacement level center so it's not like okay all our eggs are in the Mitchell Robertson baskets like this is a very buy low flyer where if he gets four fouls in the first quarter Mason Plumlee can just come in you've, yeah. you've still got a good center let's say yeah just see how he see how he fares and if you like what you see you can lock him up he's not going to have a big market so you can get him locked up on I don't know, let's say like two years, 16 million or something. Mm. That's fine. You can pay that for Mitchell Robinson with the hope that he gets better. And that that doesn't stop you in any way from bringing in someone better if the opportunity arises. Mm. Rather than being premature and just, you know, like you you give everything you've got for Rashawn Holmes and then it turns out that Rashawn Holmes is not that, not that good, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about my trade, which is my big one that took a lot of cogs in my this head. This is an absolute over. monstrosity, this one. I <laughs> looked at this and I was like, whoa, I need, I need a drink. <laughs> well, there's no alcoholic wine right there for you. Um, all right, so I'll, <clears throat> I'll explain it in the clearest way possible because I thought about how to explain this clearly. But whew, you've got a 76ers trading Ben Simmons who in the sheets has Ben Simmon <laughs> and Tobias Harris to the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks are trading back John Collins, Bogdan Bogdanovich and Danilo Gallinari and that Charlotte first round pick that they just got in exchange for Cam Reddish, right? So then they, the Sixers have all those guys. They've just traded it for, for three players and then they flip Danilo Gallinari and that first round pick to Houston for Eric Gordon 
and then they turn around and give John Collins straight up to Detroit for Jeremy Grant. Okay, so can you say that, but just say what everyone comes out with? So the Hawks get Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons. The Pistons get... <laughs> I don't know why, but that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> the Pistons get John Collin. <laughs> the 76ers get Eric Gordon's, Jeremy Grant's, <laughs> Bogdan Bogdanovich's. I'll say it again, but I won't I won't be funny. So the Hawks get Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons. Pistons get John Collins. Sixers get Eric Gordon, Jeremy Grant, Bogdan Bogdanovich. And the Rockets get Danilo Gallinari and a first-round pick. So from the Hawks' point of view... They give up a lot of players to get two players. Um, you would think that because they're giving up arguably worse players for Ben Simmons, they would have to give up more picks than just the one pick that they gave up, which is the Charlotte pick, which is, as we know, going to be in the 20-ish range. Um, but they're taking on Tobias Harris's salary, which I see as much more negative than I think you do. But they're taking on Tobias Harris's salary, and that's part of the payment instead of the picks for Ben Simmons. The Pistons get off Jeremy Grant, who it seems as though if he's if he's not going to get traded, he's going to leave anyway. And they trade him for John Collins, who might be an imperfect fit in basketball today, but he's got five years remaining on his deal and you're not going to be good. So you're going to say, Cade Cunningham, here's a guy who you just get to play pick and roll with for the next five years. Maybe he develops into some amazingly defensive center. Maybe he doesn't. Uh, maybe he is just this offensive power forward who wants more of the ball in his hands. He's going to get that when he goes to Detroit. But you've got him, and uh, I'm sure we would all love to see what what uh, what John Collins can do. But it's not really looking like he's his place where he's going to be able to like you know really stretch his wings. Pardon the pun on the Hawks, right? So I, I like him. Pre- I, I feel bad for him having to like go through the whole rebuilding phase with the Hawks. Now he's going through another rebuilding phase, but. I also like to just keep kicking the John Collins can down the road. But also, for him on a personal level, <laughs> for John Collins, he, he, would, he would froth going to the Pistons. He because would. he'd get to be the, the in undisputed like 1A of the offense and he'd get his touches and he would feel like the big man on campus. He, he, clearly, he clearly is very touchy about what, about you know his role with the Hawks and like not feeling... Mm highlighted enough also like, grow your arms then well center. yeah you should have thought about that <laughs> like he's literally a T-Rex um I'll keep going I'll keep going yeah but anyway he'd have a fun time in Detroit <laughs> he'd have a fun time uh, he'd be the man on Little Caesars Arena <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, the 76ers get Eric Gordon Jeremy Grant and Bogdan Bogdanovich that is going on they're already uh, plentiful depth with Seth Curry Danny Green Matisse Tybal. like they have a capable 11-man rotation here. That might be too many. Um, but I, I like I, I like the CJ McCollum trade, even though it's not going to happen, like a potential CJ McCollum trade, just because I'm like, just get good players around Joel Embiid because he's obviously playing at an MVP level. This gives you three extra good players. Um, and for the Rockets, they cop $20 million of Gallo's salary this year. They get paid a first-round pick in doing so. It's going to be in the 20s, but either way, um, and Gallo, if they just waive him at the end of the year, they can just cop the four million dollars in in non, in fully guaranteed, sorry, in partially guaranteed that he's owed. So the Rockets somehow eke out a first round pick for Eric Gordon, which I that's what I'm a little bit iffy about because Eric Gordon has two more years after this one at around just under How twenty. How the fuck minutes. did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Things that just seem to make no sense. It was one of those things where everyone was giving shit to Tillman Dirty Fingers for Tita for not paying money. And he goes, well, how about this? $60 million, Eric Gordon. <laughs> That's 
fucked up. Yeah, he's he's shooting the ball really well this year, um, and he's shooting. Well, the ball. He's, he's going to make up for the last three years. <laughs> so, <laughs> shut up, dog. <laughs> so who who says no here? The Sixers say no. Mm. You can't trade Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris and get back two dudes who are plus starters and a one dude who's a plus bench player on a terrible contract. I just feel like there's not enough. I just feel like they're giving up probably the first and third best players here and getting back like the fourth and fifth best players. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I agree with you. I think Philly do stand out obviously because they want a superstar, but in terms of like the value that you and I see for Simmons and Harris right now, like this is probably where their values are because you don't know if Ben Simmons is going to play for two weeks until he gets to a new city, if he's going to play at all, what shape he's in and, and whether he's fucking vaccinated because that's actually still the question. Yeah. I just, I, I mean, I feel like there would need to be picks going Philly's way but picks A don't do them a lot of good um, because they want to win now and B I don't know like in this in this conception like where the picks are coming from Mm. but I just feel like that's that's too low that's too low and we've had this this Tobias Harris discussion Um, I I definitely I definitely appreciate that like one, one pretty compelling way of looking at it is that like the team that's taking him needs to be paid essentially and that that's why there's no picks included. Mm. Um, but in bringing in Eric Gordon, you're also bringing in like, it's not, you know, he's, he's getting paid half of what Tobias Harris is, but he's probably less than half the player of what Tobias Harris is. I don't know. It just makes mm. me feel... I mean, he's much older. Mate. He's, mu- he's much older. He's on, I mean... Potentially for what he's worth, like more of an, or just as much of an Albatross contract. Mm. Um, How would you feel if, if I did the deal and a lot of questions here, but getting rid of the Hawks and subbing in the Kings and having it be based around Darren Fox and Buddy Heald going to Philly. Um, and then maybe they have to shed some salary elsewhere that also gets routed to, to the Rockets. What do you think about that? Would you rather have Grant and Bogdanovich? Or healed and... Oh, I just don't think Jeremy Grant's that good. So I'd rather have... Fox. Yeah, I also don't think Jeremy Grant is that good. And I think that Bogdanovich's impact is, like, not enough that I'd be prepared mm. to, like, give up Ben Simmons. Um, but the other thing is that I don't, think, like, I, think, I don't think Fox is a good fit in Philly just because it's a team that wants to play fast and they essentially just need a half-court initiator. Mm. And that's not really Fox. Mm. Even when he's played at like an, an all-star level, that's yeah, not really yeah. his game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Jeremy Grant would be going back to the place where he started his career in the process sixes. Um, as I was saying to uh, Jackson Leach before, did you know that the process sixes in their first year on their roster had Robert Covington, Jeremy Grant, and Christian Wood? Yeah. And Hollis Thompson for what it's worth. <laughs> They did a good um, job. They just didn't develop them at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, difficult to get guys on your um, on your team and you're signing them to unguaranteed <laughs> minimum contracts and 55 players in one season. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 the the bones of something is here, but I just feel like ultimately Philly would say no. Not mm. even bringing in like Maury power trip. You know, like Maury apparently thinks that 
Super he could trade Simmons. He could trade Simmons for LeBron if he just waits long enough. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, it's very hard to make a Ben Simmons trade, especially if you're like me and you want to you wanna throw in Tobias Harris as well. Um, I did also think about just the fact that John Collins might end up being on the same team as Embiid and obviously John Collins wore the shirt or was it Embiid who wore the shirt no John Collins wore the shirt that with him dunking on Embiid and was just like oh, he's a fucking he didn't say that yeah just smoking a dart well, can, you give me a, can you give me a pot of Carlton <laughs> um, yeah John Collins um, is is nowhere near as good as Joel Embiid so I feel like he needs to kind of keep him yeah, breaking news he needs to keep himself in check he might I average do, more points in Detroit I do like I do like the idea of John Collins just like unleashed in Detroit like on a basketball level but also for him like good for you get to go and be the guy and then have a Jeremy Grant experience be the guy realise that you being the guy and not really you know, comparable to like the other guys around the league. Hopefully that scratches his itch. I don't know. Um, can I just say the dog just farted? Oh, is like, this the one that does really bad farts? Like audible fart. Like, oh. Mm. What are you doing, Sasha? That's fucked. That's um, fucked up. All right, I'll move on to the next deal, which is another one of mine, which is that uh, OKC take a salary dump and they get a tangible player instead of an asset so the Celtics well how tangible he is is arguable but the Celtics give up PJ Dozier and Romeo Langford swiftly putting themselves under the luxury tax for this season uh, and OKC send back a guy I had not heard of before this um, obviously he's just salary matching and matching what's his name? his name is Vit <laughs> what's his last name? <laughs> K-R-E-J-C-I uh, Vit crazy <laughs> How crazy? A bit crazy um, And obviously he would be promptly waived uh, What the fuck kind of a name is Vit? Oh come on mate You know he's born in 2000 Doesn't that just seem impossibly young? I know there's like people born in like 2003 that are in the NBA right now I was going to say you know there's people born in 2021 If your name starts with if your if your birth year starts with a two, what are, what are we doing here? Red flag, red flag, red flag. Oh, look at him! Stop sniffing. It comes up on the podcast. <laughs> so he's from the Czech Republic, dude. They're gonna put together a mean uh, <laughs> a mean roster in in Paris Paris Olympics with uh, Tomas Sadoransky, um, if they can put it together. That is. Um, he was drafted last year. Good on him. Uh, anyway, so Boston, like Boston, will one hundred percent make a move. They have to. All they need to do is get rid of like one point nine million dollars, uh, and they'll dip under the tax. PJ Dozier paid one point nine million dollars. Um, which team says no here? I think I think I think both teams do it. Yeah, also both teams do it. I'm not sold on Langford as a tangible asset, tangible player. Because he's in Aaron Neesmith. Yeah, I mean, you know, well. Neesmith has more value just because he's not proven that he's average over quite so long of a time span as Langford. Mm. Neesmith's only proven that he's average over two years, whereas Langford, Langford's done that over like four years. Um, yeah, I think, I think both teams do it. I think this is a nice accounting trade for the Celtics. Yeah, everyone's favourite. People are going to click on this podcast just to hear that. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, say like Vic Krechi in the, in the, the bio and they're like, holy shit. Podcast bio. Big, this is going to do really well in the Czech Republic. <laughs> this podcast is going to do really well. It's going to do really well with our Czech Republic audience. <laughs> have you seen um, Don't Look Up? Yeah, I have. Yeah, and I really like uh, Jonah Hill's character mm. where he was just like, they're talking about Don't Look Up and he goes, oh, this is going to do great with our like, 
yeah, Texas audience or something. I just really, I just carry it. Did you like the movie? Yeah. I thought it was abominable. Like bad? Like I thought it was one of the worst movies I've seen in a while. Really? Time. Yeah. Why? Saw the writing and the dialogue and yeah. and a lot of the... Um, it trusted good acting more than good writing. Yeah. But it, a lot of the like kind of core concepts I felt were like um, poorly handled. Like the, the only defense of like the there's an asteroid coming crowd is like, but this paper is peer reviewed. And then there it's like taken as like, you know, it's just such a, a simplification of like the peer review versus do your own research debate that's been going on in the world over the last two plus mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. Um, to distill it down to that. The only reason to like believe in the science is like that there's a peer reviewed paper. I just think is like, it's just, it's just silly. I, well, I feel like they skirted over that on purpose just to get to like the big fat metaphor of, uh, well, it wasn't really a metaphor. <laughs> it's pretty in your face. Hit you over the head with it. I had um, an egg the next look- day. <laughs> Shut up. Don't tell <laughs> no, I, I liked it. I really liked, um, who was the president? What's her name? Meryl Streep. Yeah. She was cool. So yeah. nice to see her outside of Meryl Streep movies. Yeah. <laughs> this, of course, a uh, DiCaprio movie. Yeah. Um, Nah, and Jonah Hill's character was awesome. Yeah, I, to be fair, I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't watch all of it. I only watched ah, half of it. The yeah. truth comes out. But I still, thirty-four. I still, I still did not enjoy it. Um, okay, yeah. well, let's move on to our sixth and final trade from yours truly. Is that right? Have I got that right? Are yeah, six, sixth and final. Six yeah. is such a random number. I can't believe we landed on that. <laughs> well, I was thinking of seven, but um, <laughs> that means one of us would miss out. <laughs> Oh, okay, alright. My uh, my trade involves the absolutely dismal Portland Trailblazers. In the plane race at the moment. Yeah. Who would have thought that hiring a sexual abuser to be your coach would have not ended well for you? Andrew O'Keefe is the head coach. <laughs> <Is this> the- <laughs> wow. Some absolutely <laughs> fucking shocking news that's come out today. Wow. Andrew bloody O'Keefe. Um, and the East, sorry, the West leading Phoenix Suns mm. looking for some front court help. They bring in Larry Nance. The oh. They bring in Larry Nance Jr. for the cost of Dario Saric, mm-hmm. Jalen Smith, and draft compensation to be negotiated. Mm. The reason why the Suns do this is because Larry Nance is a bit of a G and has been underutilized, improperly utilized in Portland. Uh, Phoenix really needs someone who can play big forward and five, kind of like Tory Craig did. Tory Craig <laughs> did. Oh my god! Did you actually mean that? No, nah. this is a this a word of mouth. Fuck, the Americans are so oh, say it properly. <laughs> say it prop. Anyway, that's another kettle of fish. Um, someone who can play the four and small ball five, and Larry Ants would give a really intriguing look at that. We know he's good. We know that he can make plays as a pick and roll role man in the short in the short role. He's a decent three point shooter, good defender. The reason why the Blazers are going to do it is because there's the prospect of um, getting some draft compensation in here. Saric is a useful player, whatever. He's just salary matching. Yeah, there's the prospect of getting some draft compensation here, um, and they need draft compensation because they traded away their entire future draft for terrible players. <laughs> I, I think that 
if Larry Nance is going to get traded, there's going to be better offers out there. So you would have to attach a, a first-round pick here. I kind of don't know necessarily that there would. So the, yeah. the pick that they can attach is a 2024 first with whatever protection it can be. You know, it can be whatever. Yeah. Um, I reckon that two seconds would get it done. I reckon this trade, two seconds would get it done. So, like, you don't reckon, like, Chicago... Miami. Mm. There are a lot of teams that don't have, like Chicago not included, but a lot of teams that don't have picks to trade that are like in any kind of reasonable time frame. And mm. then the other thing as well is I that... D- yeah, I just think there's a pick out there. Saric is, is a useful player. Mm. Jalen Smith is an interesting one because he's a recent first round pick that fits the mold of kind of like, you know, picks or young players. Mm. But because Phoenix declined oh, his yeah, third yeah. year option... The team that gets his bird rights, because he's going to be a free agent, can only offer him 125% of his current salary, mm. which caps it at offering him like $5 million next year. Uh, not, not that he's really worth that as well. Well, he played well as a starter. He, he, he actually played kind of well as a starter. The fact that Bismack Biombo is coming off the street and he's bringing in some 16 and 14 games <laughs> suggests that it's to do with Chris Paul getting the most out of players <laughs> yeah, rather yeah. than Jalen Smith being an actual player. But if you don't think that Jalen Smith could get more than five million, mm. all of a sudden he's in the trade as well as a you know as a young player. So I think that and two seconds is compelling. Mm. Um, yeah. If and if there are more then I'd be if there are more offers out there, then you just throw in that first round pick in twenty twenty four. And then I don't know that there are better offers out there. Yeah. I'm just trying to find where Bismack Biombo was because, like, obviously, free agent, you just grabbed him up for nothing. On the couch. On the couch. On the couch. Well, he was actually, because he signed that massive deal, he was still in Charlotte until literally last year. I had no idea. Poor guy. Um, yeah, I mean, I like move. I think if you're going to give up Darius Arch and Jalen Smith and a pick, you can probably get something a little bit better. Um, Interesting. But... I don't know what that better is. Mm. Uh, and I, I hate that. Like, Larry Nance, you can you can start him at the four and then take Nurk off first and then slide him down to the five. Like, just play him at the five and see what you've got. And mm. I know, like, at the moment, you've got Anthony Simons and, like, Tony Snell soaking up 30-minute deeds. But, like, this is just... He just keeps getting mismanaged everywhere he goes. I think it was just in literally the end of last year is when he wasn't misma- mismanaged. And it was a Cavs team that was losing anyway. Yeah. And I think that I don't think that the Suns would be a team that would bring him in and, and use him in some innovative way. Mm. I think that we would essentially use him for... Um, as Jay Crowder. Yeah, as, as Jay Crowder, but with a bit more, with a bit more on-ball. Um, Jay Crowder screens on ball for the purpose of generating a switch for mm. the ball handler whereas with Larry Nance you can get him screening on ball for the purpose of him rolling to the rim mm. um, so that adds another wrinkle and then I think like like in the minute if you go up against a team in the playoffs where you want to you know in the minutes where DA isn't playing where you want to go small like put you, Larry Nance in for, at the 5 for 15 the minutes he'll be great against the Warriors like that's that's I, I like that mm. um that's been the big weakness of, of, of the team since we let Tory Craig go, is, there, is that he played a lot situationally in the playoffs mm. Mm. when we needed a bigger matchup and he could play small ball five. Mm. So, yeah, I feel like this is a, a good replacement. I'm, interested, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that you think that we could do better. 
Yeah, I mean, you don't think Thadjik's better? But, nah. But this this is the deal. The for thing Thadjik with him, well. the thing with him is that he's probably he's probably going to get bought out, mm. Thadjik. Mm. So it would probably be silly for anyone to trade for him unless you were like there's no way we can get him if we if he gets bought out but if you you know he gets bought out and you've got like a compelling roster situation for him where he's going to play 20 minutes a game on a contender league probably just sign him mm-hmm. now I'm thinking <laughs> about it you probably can't do better like I mean I was super high on Larry Nance heading into the season I think I picked Portland over just because he was there and I thought they were going to be healthy yeah um, I really hope Portland sells sells everything and whether that be keeping keeping Dame just not playing him for the rest of the year and then just trying to like retool but it's just so sad like just watching a team try to win when they're clearly not trying they're, they're not in a place where they can win yeah yeah. I watched I watched them play the T-Wolves the other day yeah T-Wolves won in a a nail biter man can't just wants to be Jokic so bad. He literally is just turning his back on the D, wherever he is, and just holding the ball out, like palming the ball and holding it away from his body at full arm extension in the most absurd, outrageous way. Like just slinging it all over the place with these like one-armed passes that just get like intercepted or go out of bounds. Like he's just like, mm. like fundamentally, the only reason why Jokic can get away with doing that is because he's probably the the best passer in the league at the moment. Cat is not in that. League history. Well, you know. Someone, yeah, called, someone called Steve Nash has existed. Cat, yeah, you're not, um, you're not that guy. He, you are not that guy. What are you fucking doing? Yeah. Like, how has the coach been like, hey, how about instead of like throwing like an over-the-head cross-court one-headed bullion. sling pass, how about, you, how about you do literally anything else? Like, it's a bit mm. crazy. It's a bit mm. much. I was watching it and I was like, wow, if, if I had you... On my team, when I was coaching under 14, like I'd be having a word with you at half time. Mm, mm. Yeah, but I don't know. Bloody cat! Damn, you don't you don't have a you don't have a scorching I don't have a take. I'm still getting like cats just sort of like being relegated to the back behind Ant Edwards and and D'Angelo Russell is playing quite well this season. Like he's sort of just like wasn't he supposed to be the next best center? And now he's just like oh okay here's you know Nikola Vucevic. You can't say that. His whole family died of COVID. <laughs> Is like is he just Nick Vooch? Is he just Nick Vooch? I don't know. Like he's a he's he's a phenomenal shooter. He's like an mm. absolute marksman. Mm. He's probably a better defender than Nick Vooch, but he's still not a good. But defender. in terms of like career, when it's all said and done, like Vooch is like two, three time All Star. Maybe yeah. Kat, maybe the Wolves go on like a serious run, and he's the third, fourth best player or second best player. Like is he? Like Pascal Siakam slash with Vooch. Yeah, that's and, that's an interesting that's an interesting And when he was drafted he was supposed to be, you know, Jokic. He was supposed to be MD. Well when he was drafted and then his first, you know, two, three years in the league, like he was an all star by like year three, you know. Mm. Um interesting. That's a bit that's a bit depressing. Ant's yeah. a lot of Ant's a lot of fun. Yeah. Watching him is yeah. a lot of fun. Even when he misses, you're just like, yeah. <laughs> Sick. Do that again. It takes like 14 threes sometimes. I yeah. Like, wow, I guess that's good. <laughs> yeah. When you see him in the box score with a big point total, yeah. you just know he's either shot 83% from the field. What number does or, it, What number does the bloody <laughs> start with, Dante? Or he's taken 
29 mm. shots mm. and he's you know and he's made like 11 of them and just like crammed it in at the line he's just yeah. got like you know 10 of 10 from the line and shot yeah. like 29 percent. yeah yeah yep all right well um that's that's our six trades now let us know in the comment section down below what your thoughts are on the deals and what you think would happen actually i actually chucked some questions in here for us which which out of all these moves do you want to see happen which one if you had to pick one that does happen what would it be yeah, so get in, con- get in touch with us at... <laughs> no, I'm asking Dunton. Oh. Yeah, I'm asking you. Get in touch with us at P.O. Box. No, that's a... Um, Sean McCullough. Sean McCullough joke. Most likely to happen would probably be the, the Celtics trade, not necessarily in its conception, but, but. That, that idea of the Celtics sending out two players to get under the luxury tax yeah. is definitely going to happen. Especially PJ Dozier. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, poor PJ Dozier. <laughs> but what do you want to see happen the, happen the most? Uh, I'd love to see the Larry Nance trade happen. I would love to see, whether it be your deal or another one, but Colin Sexton traded. Yeah. I would love him to Where get traded. Where do you want him to get traded to? I don't know. And why Why do you Just because, like, Darius Garland is your ball handler, and yeah. maybe you'll get... So like, it's not like, a, I can't wait to see what Sexton does. It's like, I want him away from Garland. It's like, banish him. Okay. Yeah. It's like, Garland's your primary ball handler. Maybe, like, maybe Mobley develops into, like, a high post initiator, but just get shooters and role players around him. Like, I, I'm loving watching Darius Garland just do everything, contort the defense, throw some Mickey no-look pass, right? Um, I don't want him to, like, be part of a swing, swing, swing. Oh, hang on. Let me just stand here. Well, Sexton dribbles for, you know, nine times. I, yeah. That's, we know, we now know that this Cavs team is very good uh, and they, yeah. they have a good young core because some guy tore his meniscus. And they, yeah, they found the balance. They don't need to upset the balance. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's great to draft best player available and do everything that they did. Like, obviously they, they drafted Mobley despite having Allen. They drafted Garland despite having Sexton. Uh, Sexton. But, here you are like you've <laughs> you can now start selling off the other parts yeah i i agree one one final note um we did these trades on fanspo um and on fanspo they give like a little kind of like player designation under each um player so like for john collins for example they've got versatile big um, i've never seen that before yeah just just like a little idea of like what they are um, for like Romeo Langford, they've got like athletic finisher. Yeah. For, uh, for Ben Simmons, for Ben Simmon, they've got uh, roll, roll and cut big. Ah, <laughs> uh, just like Clint Capella. <laughs> what was it? It's it was... loose. So you've got like little like vest hobby, like John John Collin, ball hammer, shot creator. Yeah, nice. Yeah. What's what's Vit Krula? But <laughs> what kind of player? What kind of player are the Celtics getting? Seventy overall prospect. <laughs> Off screen shooter. I'll tell you what. Could use <laughs> could use some of those. Off screen actor. <laughs> Face for radio. It's an off-Broadway off play. <laughs> All right. Well, can't wait for us to absolutely blow up in Prague with this one. Uh, thanks to our friend Vit. <laughs> uh, Dante, I'll speak to you next week. If you look for PointsBet's stock exchange listing, you'll find a bucket of jargon and doublespeak as they're considered a, quote, wagering services operator, unquote. 
That's a corporate stretch for the colloquial friendly Brogan or, hey, look, it's Chris Bosch kind of image they're sending off with their targeted advertising. I don't know about you, but take me back to the days when former pro sports players signed brand deals with hair loss clinics or Fujitsu aircons, not, quote, wagering service providers. If you're scrolling through your Facebook feed and you come across the two of our faces morphed into one, would that make you listen to our podcast more? I mean, if it does, let us know and we'll start doing it. But when I see a few NBA players' faces morphed into one, it doesn't make me want to pull out my wallet and donate some money to my local wagering services provider. The worst part is we're coming to accept it. Gambling ads are, sorry, wagering service provider ads are so ingrained in our sports and the way sports is delivered to us, it's almost impossible to avoid. Three quarters of Australian children aged between 8 and 16 years who watch sport think that betting on sport is normal and can name more than well, one or more sport betting companies. When I was in school, I was struggling to remember Pokemon names and I'd be furious if I knew that brain power was being used to put towards wagering service providers and not them. The wagering service providers know exactly who to target. It's not okay to let them ingrain themselves in young Australians' minds. It's not okay to target people in the middle of a pandemic, and it's not okay for gambling companies to wield so much influence in the world of sports. To help kick gambling out of sport, use your voice and sign the petition at www.ngamblingads.org.au forward slash petition.